Welcome to True Mysteries, Stories of the Strange and Unexplained. I'm your host, Kit Crum, asking you to remember that as I read these stories, they are real, true, and validated. Finding a ghost story can be as simple as going to the library or a bookstore. But the ghost story I'll read today came to me from an individual with what I can only call a real life experience. As you listen, keep in mind that I'm reading someone else's encounter with a ghost. My only contribution to the tale is traditional editing I found necessary. Otherwise, the words that make up the story are all the authors, who has assured me, are all true. And because she was simply writing about her encounter, there will be no title, although I call this a true ghost story. As follows, written by Ellen Richmond. She writes about her encounter with the ghost. The room was small, she said, behind and attached to a store that sold all things Wicca. The curtains were pulled shut on the only two windows, but only partly blocked out the light. In the middle of the room was a round table and six chairs. One was more like a throne where the medium sat. We were instructed to hold hands. There were no candles, no incense. The room was bare except for the table and chairs. We five were childhood friends on the verge of college. We'd lost one recently, Billy. Billy had drowned. We pooled our money and sought out Madame Hester. She reminded me of my grandmother, more a face of a thousand lives, with no attempt to hide the wrinkles, silver hair tied back. She spoke with a smoker's voice. We were instructed to remain silent until contact was made, at which time each of us could ask one question, beginning with me, moving clockwise. She made it clear we were to ask a single, simple question. Madame Hester, unlike a TV medium, didn't chant or roll her head from left to right, and when she made contact, she didn't nod. The only indication of contact was when she spoke, and it was Billy's voice. We all exchanged looks of amazement. What is your question, Ellen? When Billy's voice spoke my name, I felt lightheaded, but managed to ask, What was your favorite form of transportation? Madame Hester, sitting ramrod straight, eyes fixed on the middle of the table. I think I was holding my breath until Billy answered my question. My bicycle, that was it, a two-word answer. Jesse was next and asked if Billy liked math. We all knew that he hated math. This time his answer was a single syllable, no. It had been decided by Jesse and his girlfriend Sarah, who sat on his right, that the three of us should establish that we really were talking with Bill. Nothing in his obituary or at his funeral would have provided information about his love of a bicycle and his hate of math. Sarah had always flirted with Bill and knew her question would make or break the seance. Did you kiss me under the old weeping willow tree? No, under the Nolan Street Bridge. I leaned forward and nodded at Sarah, whose eyes were like saucers. I heard Tom take a deep breath. Give us a physical sign as evidence that a connection has truly been made. You could have heard a pin drop as we waited for a response. Then the room was filled with the sound of that stupid bell Billy used to ring when he rode his bike and wanted to get someone's attention. Mickey gave my hand a squeeze. His would be the last question, but it would break Madame Hester's rule. We all miss you, Billy, and we'll be leaving the area at the end of the summer and would like to see you one more time to say goodbye. 
I could hear my heart beat, and my eyes burned with the request. I'd known Billy since I was three. We were best friends. All of us were on a picnic on the river bank when he decided to go for a swim. My last memory was of his broad shoulders, back, and bright red trunks as he waded into the water. His answer came as a shock. Meet me at my grave. Madame Hester raised her gaze from the center of the table. I hope all your questions were answered, she said. I would have thought that his answer, meet me at my grave, would have been followed with at midnight. But it was broad daylight, four o'clock. We all piled into the SUV that Jesse's parents had given him for graduation. The town's only cemetery was located just past the industrial district in the south end of town. Jesse parked at the front. We climbed out and walked as one past the older section of the cemetery to the green trees lawn that made up the newest portion. Billy's simple headstone was located next to the fence that separated the older section from the newest. When I saw him sitting on his headstone, I looked left and right. I was alone and realized that I'd kept walking, but everyone else had stopped when they saw him. I took one more step, then another, until I was arm's length away. At that moment, I realized my face was wet with tears. I reached out. I'll miss you, but I'll never forget you. He raised a hand and extended his index finger. There couldn't have been more than an inch between fingers when Billy vanished and I fainted. That was eight years ago, but I remember Billy on his gravestone like it was yesterday. I'm currently an ER nurse and often work at night shift alone, of course with a doctor on call. I've never had any other paranormal experiences but carry a picture of Billy. And many nights when I'm alone, I call out his name. There's never a response, but I never feel alone. That was a real ghost story. It was produced here at Night Owl Sound Studio and brought to you by Book Savvy Studio, Owl Creek Press, that provides books I can give away every single Friday, and I do. I'm your host, Kit Crumb. Thanks for listening.